Hello and welcome to another episode of Loud and Curious with Krista Rosa. I am here with Rick Martinez, who is the senior food editor of Bon Appetit magazine. Hi. Yeah, say hello. Hello. Um, Rick and I met, well, first of all, Rick has treats for me. He made me the best chocolate, the, what are they called? Well, so these are brown butter and toffee chocolate chip cookies. They are legit the best cookies I've ever had in my entire life. Okay, I'm really nervous. Yeah, you should be. Okay, I'm picking one up. So I'm just going to warn you. They will ruin you for any other cookie that you will ever have. Okay, so wait, I should take a picture of these first. Okay, keep going. Okay. Tell me about them. Um, so they're actually, like, the, the original recipe is from one of our readers, and she submitted it for uh, Reader's Choice Week, which is basically a, a, a pseudo contest of, like, best recipes of our readers. And okay. I saw it, and I made a few modifications to it, and it is... So the basis was someone that sent it in. And then you were like, JK, this sucks. Let me make it better. (laughs) uh, No, sorry. Uh, It wasn't sucky. Uh, No, it was really good. But there were just some, like, for example, um, I upped the salt level. Um, There's a very particular type of chocolate that I like in my chocolate chip cookies. Okay. So this is 74% bittersweet chocolate discs. I do not use chocolate chips. I hate chocolate because chips. Because they're trash? Because they're trash. And actually, if you stick them in the oven, they won't melt. Like, if you literally just pour... Yeah, they don't. They never they melt. They still, like, stay... Thi- like, a, like, a, like, a, like, like, the, the shape changes, but it stays itself. It, it holds its shape. Yeah. Now, what, what does that look like to you? Those like, things, melty chocolate right. that I can, like, rub all over my face. Exactly. Yeah. And they've been... I just had the, really bad deja vu. Wow. Oh, my God. See, it just See, fell apart. That that, oh, yeah, this cookie just fell it's, apart, and I had really bad deja vu. I should have known that that cookie was going to fall apart, but I didn't. Anyway, it's been <laughs> out of the oven for about an hour now, and it's still melty and delicious. Yeah, it is. Also, right. like, just another thing about discs. Sorry, I'm going to bore I'm everybody listening. on here. But um, the thing about discs is that they melt much more beautifully and elegantly yeah, because they, they have layers very... of – you'll the cookie will have layers of chocolate and layers of dough um, within the cookie yeah, as I opposed to just a chunk of chocolate. Yeah, yeah, So – Yeah, this is, okay, right here. Yeah, I'm going to have a piece okay. too. Well, I'll talk while you do that. So, anyway. Um, wow, holy shit. Right. It's amazing. It's so good. And it's like... it's like And it's, it's so doughy, and like it's as if they just came out of the oven. You really weren't lying. I, like, I was going to lie. I mean, I literally pulled them out of the oven at 6 o'clock, threw them in the box, and came over here. Wow. Um, wow, that's amazing. And they're so salty and good. Mm-hmm. These, are, these really are pretty... Like... I told you. You're right. Wow, this is so good. Oh, my God. I'm just going to eat this whole box of cookies. Fuck. Good. Okay. So, now that that's over, and I, like, literally will never be the same person ever again. Um, Rick and I actually met when we were both at Food Network. Um, you, I was working on Chopped at the time. Mm-hmm. And you were working um, in the test kitchens. Right. And we... You were doing, do you remember this? You were doing like a bread. The bread, the 50 the bread thing, bread. which when it came <laughs> out on, when it came out on Food Network va- Magazine, I made you sign it and I literally still have it in my apartment. <laughs> and it's like a signed thing of like the 50 breads. And I ate like almost every single bread that you, like I would just like, at once like the contestants were doing the, the round, I would like trot on over and be like, Rick, what do you have for me to eat today? And would just literally make him 
give me any food that he had already cooked. And no, it was awesome because I was making seven loaves of this bread a day and it would make me really sad because I was like, I'm going to make another seven loaves tomorrow. So I got to get rid of this. And, yeah. um, no, it was, it's really, I mean, that's why I do what I do. Right. I mean, I like to make people happy with food. Yeah. So which is happening right now. <laughs> exactly. So, um, no, it's like cooking in a vacuum, cooking by yourself is no fun. I never cook for myself. Cause I mean, why? Um, cooking for other people makes me happy because yeah. it makes them happy. And, and then it was legit, like really fun for me. Like I would bring you a whole loaf of bread and your eyes would light up and then, you know, you'd go give it to all your little chop friends and you know, yeah. So and we were like, guys, this is the bread today. They were like, Chris, go get the bread. It smells really good. And I was like, <laughs> okay, like going in and I would like, <laughs> um, so you, we started working together at food network. You now are like, um, the, what the tippy top of the tippy top of Bon oh, Appetit? No, no, yeah, no, it no, sounds no. like it's senior food editor. That's I mean, like, we're like, it's a, a magazine about food. <laughs> that is very true. Is um, that not? Am I wrong? No, I mean, so senior food. But edit- basically, hold on. Not okay. Before you go into that, so, um, I want to. I'm here so that we can talk about food. Why you love it? What you what what got you into it? Why you what you think is great about it? We can like talk about our favorite things about food and then i want to ask like what are some things that you hate that people are doing in food what are just because like i'm a messy ass bitch and then also i want to hear like your some of your favorite like things that you make Mm -hmm. and then i also want to talk about like people that are really getting into cooking and want it like if i'm like if i have no idea what i'm doing in the kitchen give me like some tips about that's how we'll probably end um you know some tips we'll get some tips at the end of like what you should do or like things that you should buy that you don't usually think of that like make your life a lot easier or things like that i'll ask okay. a bunch of questions anyway so you are currently the senior food editor right. at bon appetit magazine yes tell me about it um so just to be clear there are there are four senior food editors and our job and you're one of them i am one of them yeah um our job is to create the food for the brand so whether it's um you know on video or in digital, in print, um, you know, in a podcast, whatever, on Instagram, we are creating all the food content, the four of us. Um, and it's... So it's, what is that? Food content means what? It could be a recipe. Um, it could be a video. It could be an article about food, why we love it, or things we hate. Yeah. Um, it could be about a pot, a pan, an ingredient. You know, it's it's, okay, so it's wide range. It could be anything. It could be magazine, anything. Right. right. Um, but, you know, we are the experts in food at our magazine. Um, so when there's a question about food or a recipe uh, or a trend relating to food or cooking, people come to us. Um, Which, again, like the whole magazine is about food. So. Right. <laughs> like a lot of. So everything. Right. I mean, the, the really cool thing about um, working at Bon App is very much like a normal family and a normal household, the kitchen is the center of yeah. the magazine. And so people want to hang out in the kitchen, just like when you have a party and everybody congregates in the kitchen, that's exactly what happens to us every day. Yeah. And you know, some days it's fun. Some days it's annoying because you know, it is our job and we have deadlines, but for the most part, you know, there are a total of like eight of us in the kitchen at any given moment we're always playing music, you know, 10 hours a day. We're singing, we're yelling, we're screaming, we're laughing, uh, we're joking around, we're getting each other, we're tasting each other's food. Today was a great example. We, we do family meal. and normally, Like a restaurant. Right. And normally it's just one of us is really hangry and is like, fuck all of you. I'm going to stop what I'm doing and I'm going to make something so I don't die. Um, and today 
um, we had a lot of leftovers from yesterday for, from a couple of shoots and I put together, well, like me and another guy like put together a family meal and we all sat down and ate, which we never do. We normally just stand around. And oh, eat. really? So today we actually sat down and it was so amazing, but it was like, wow, we are kind of like a family, you know, yeah. like, um, we're together eight to 10 hours a day. Um, we eat each other's food. We laugh. We know, you know, each other's personal shit. Yeah. Um, and it's great. And I, you know, I, I love working there. You know, I love it's it's great because I obviously I'm cooking all day and yes. eating all day. But I also love the people that I'm working with. They're talented, they're creative. Um there's no there's really no competitiveness, which is very strange. Like we all definitely have egos and we definitely have opinions. Yeah, like any chef does. Like any chef does. But like I said, it's it's more like brothers and sisters, you know? Yeah. You're just like, no, shut the fuck up. Go bake your little cake, and I'm going to tell you about Mexican food and habaneros. Yeah. Um, and 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 that's the way that it, it works. But at the end of the day, we can go out to eat together, or we can create a family meal together and have lunch, um, or I can make something and go, I, I honestly do not know what the fuck to do with this dish. Can you yeah. please give it? Help me. Help me. Yeah. And and we come through for each other, and that's that's what's probably the best thing about this job, other than the fact yeah. that I get to fucking you know stuff my Eat face all the time. Day. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of stuffing your face all the time, you can go if you go online and just Google Rick's name now, um, which I found out the hard way. You <laughs> will find all these videos of him just like all over the place eating all this delicious food, and it's really good. And he just talks about it. It's a hard life. Are those fun things to do? I'm, I mean, I know the answer to this, but are those fun things to do? Oh for my you? god, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I mean, so I was recently in Mexico City uh, hosting some travel videos of where to eat. It was where like to really go. beautiful. Those were like beautiful. They were gorgeous. Like we had a, a legit film crew come down and we were in Mexico city for a week. And I mean, it was fun, but it was, it was a lot of work. Like yeah. you were shooting 12 hours a day. Absolutely. Um, but my job was to literally put food in your mouth. Put and talk food about in it. my mouth. Yeah. I mean, I have to say like when we did the taco video, um, I was getting sick. Like, you cause know, it was there, so much food. Yeah. I mean, you're literally eating, another set of tacos every you know 45 minutes like we yeah. go to a taco stand eat a lot of tacos and then drive to the next place um so there was a point where i was like i'm i'm done i'm gonna throw up on the sidewalk why don't you should have just pulled the trigger that's what i would i mean no <laughs> i don't know i guess maybe not maybe know. not no um yeah like like pain for your cause i don't know maybe not <laughs> No, that's, that's just my, me. I guess. That's what's my. That's what my trainer's for. Um, okay. I mean, copy that. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because like we all have like our own sort of physical uh, coping mechanisms. So like, I have yeah. a trainer once a week. I go to the gym before work, um, and you know, my feeling is I can eat whatever I want as a because of that. yeah. Um, and so, luckily, I haven't gained any weight, and I'm you know, like, thank God. Bulking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. It's an incredibly fun job. Yeah. What? Okay. So I want to go back. So yeah. before, even before Food Network, mm-hmm. like you were working in kitchens at restaurants, right? Um, not long before, but yes. But yes, like before. So Food Network was not your first foray into. No, like, I worked at ABC Kitchen uh, for two years before I started at Food yeah. Network. Which, at, for the people that have, don't live in New York, ABC Kitchen's like a very, very, very nice restaurant and is like very well. Um, what I would say, no, not well known because like. Well, it, like, well known, obviously, in the city, but like very. Um, 
it was acclaimed a, restaurant. Right. I mean, at the time that it opened and the time that I started working, um, it had just won a James Bird Award uh, for one of the best new restaurants in the country. Which is basically like an Oscar it's, for Yeah, an Oscar restaurants. for restaurants. Yeah. Um, and the chef there at that time was really re- a master or is a master of cooking seasonally and locally. So 95% of all all of the food that came into the restaurant was sourced from within 150 miles of the restaurant. Yeah. Um, so local farmers, local uh, cattle ranchers, pig farmers, um, cheesemongers, dairy, everything. Like the, with the obvious exception of like, you know, citrus and avocados, things yeah. like that, that yeah, are yeah, just yeah. not grown in the Northeast. Yeah. But um, it was an amazing experience. And that's exactly why I wanted to work there because I, I mean, I, my two goals were to really learn how to cook. I'd, just gotten out of culinary school, which is great for the fundamentals and really having a solid understanding of of what food and cuisine and uh, cooking methods and techniques are. But you don't really get the hands on practice. Yeah, that you. Get it's in like a it's the same thing in like film school. You like learn how to make movies and you learn about film theory and you learn about blah blah blah. But like, are you are you ever like a PA on a set? No. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and there's a big difference, and I think a lot of a lot of culinary students or a lot of people that want to break into food don't really understand this. Um, you know, when you make a fish dish four times in culinary school, you think you have a mastery of it, and you absolutely Just don't. <laughs> when you make a fish dish a thousand times at a, a restaurant, week at yeah. a restaurant, you know how to make a fish. Yeah, and you can you don't even have to look at it or touch it anymore. You can smell it. You can sense when it's done and when it's not. Yeah. Um, and that's when you know that you've mastered that particular dish. Um, and so I needed to get to that level of, yeah. of food understanding and mastery. How did you go? So you went to culinary school. Did you, you know what? I'm, let me ask you this. Did you, you worked in different, in, like in different fields and in different industries before, like long before you started doing this. Did you cook then for other people as well? Like um, was food a big part of your life? Oh, food's always been a big part of my life. Um, my mother was an ama- amazing cook. Okay. So when I was little, I used, she used to pick me up from daycare. She would go to the bedroom and change. I would literally get a dining room chair and pull it up to the stove. And I would stand on the chair waiting for her to, to, come, to come, come in. Yeah. And I would just like grab a spoon and I'd be like, okay, put a pot down so I can like start stirring something. Yeah. And that was, that was my introduction into food. So always. So forever, so for, basically. Since, yes. forever. since for your exactly. whole life. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and my mother taught me like, for her, she expressed her love through food. And, yeah. And that's how As I got my it. mother still does today. Yes. Right. You know, you feed the people that you love. Yeah. And um, so I started cooking with her. Um, funny enough, she actually got me a subscription to Bon Appetit when I was 16. Really? I actually. Um, Wait, that's like so funny. Yeah. It's really weird because I, when I was probably like 14, 15, um, she would bring me random copies of Gourmet and, and Bon Appetit and I would, I would devour because them. Because I guess it's been around forever. Now I'm thinking it's like kind of like, bon I don't know why I think of like thinking it's like not that old, but I guess no, it's, no, it started it's been in the 50s. E- yeah. It's like forever. Yeah. My mom um, gets it by the way. I told, wow. It's always there whenever I always look at all of them. Cause I'm like, where's Rick's name? Like whenever <laughs> I see it, whenever she has all of them. So well, yeah. Anyway, continue. Um, so yeah, so like I that's you know I learned uh, like the basics from my yeah, mom yeah, yeah. and a lot of like Mexican. Well, also just like seeing it, right? Like you're seeing like oh this is like a big part, this is like a huge thing, right? And like this is something that is like c- creative and a hobby, and you can you know it's it's something that you 
I mean, you're not just like, oh, a magic fairy comes and puts the food on the table, like many children think right. is a thing. Like, you're watching the entire process and, like, helping and learning and, yeah. And so when I got, when I started reading Bon Appetit, um, you know, it was, it was the late 80s, and it was interesting to see what was happening in the world of food. And I, I actually just wrote a story about this because I have a friend who uh, I knew in high school that came up with her and her husband, who I also knew from high school, and she asked me if I was still making cheesecakes. And I was like, that's like a really weird question. Why, why are you asking me that? And then it occurred to me, oh, when I was 16, I used to make these really fucking elaborate cheesecakes and take them to these high school tailgating parties. So, you know, imagine... That like, is hilarious. Like these keg-drinking, you know, little punk cowboy teenagers in Texas... Um, after you know, at a post football game party in yeah. an abandoned cul de sac, and up rock walks little Ricky with his triple layer chocolate That's mocha fucking hazelnut cheesecake. Yeah, and you were like, "Hey, everyone!" I'm like, oh, "Look what I made!" <laughs> and people ate the fuck out. Yeah, they probably like this is amazing. Yeah, right. And it just seemed like, and you know, nobody yeah. was like weirded out. Because one, like people love cheesecake. Like cheesecake is great, but also too, like when you're drunk, it's like any food. If food could fall on the floor, and oh, I would yeah. be like, this is beautiful. No, people like, are scraping yeah. it out of the pan yeah. with their fingernails. Yeah. and eating it. That's and amazing. So I'd completely forgotten about that, and so she reminded me, and I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, and she's been thinking about it since probably. <laughs> yeah, where's my cheesecake, bitch? Yeah. Um. But yeah, like, so, you know, it's it's interesting because that magazine taught me a lot of, like, they, it took me to another level. Yeah. You know, because it was teaching me how well, to make cheesecake. Yes. It was Which, teach- like, isn't something anyone ever makes, like, just casually. Like, you I, you can't just, like, stumble through making a cheesecake. No. At all. Like, but you it, can stumble through making a chicken breast and, like, some vegetables and, like, a, like you can throw it together and figure it out. But, like, right. that's not something you can just, like, casually, but it's like, funny. accidentally make. Oh, no, not yeah. at all. But, and, you know, that's what's great about the magazine is, like, even, so, you know, in from the 80s till now, it's it's still true to what it has always been, which is, yeah. we're going to show you what is happening in the world of food. And so, like, the the rich people in the Soho galleries uh, for their art openings are serving, you know, like, shrimp towers this with thing, white yeah. chocolate and raspberry vinaigrettes and, you know, all this, like, weird yeah, bullshit yeah. food. Um, but we're also going to show you how to make it, you little stupid Texas teenager boy. Yeah. Um, and so it was kind of amazing that, you know, we still do that. We talk about... Well, and like taking highbrow fare and being like, but you also can make this yourself. Right. Like right. At, no matter where you are. Right. And you yeah. don't have to spend like a, a zillion dollars on, on that little yeah. thing that you'll use once. And, yeah. You know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I never thought ever, even when I changed you know, from advertising into food that I would one day work at Bon App and, and is that like I what am. you guys all call it? Bon App? Bon App, yeah. Or like, BA. BA. So if I you, say said, B- you said BA before to me. So yeah. yeah. So BA or Bon App. Like bon, App. bon App is like fun. That's like fun. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Anyway, continue. Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> just, no. <laughs> also, like, let me just get another yeah, one. You just cookies go ahead and eat. Um, you're, yeah, you just go I have eaten continue. so much cookie dough I'm going to ask you a really long question so I can just like deep throat this cookie while you What are you... Um, so what happened? I'm like mesmerized by this cookie. I don't even know what to say. Um, you just want to deep throat it. I know it just it so, looks so good. I took pictures, but I don't even think the pictures are gonna like. That is a particularly like, beautiful look at that. bite. That's yeah, beautiful. It's like it's like melty yeah. chocolate. It's just a lot of melted chocolate, just like so decadent and like shiny and beautiful, beautiful. flaky sea salt and then, on like, the top. Yeah. yeah, this is a good fucking cookie. And like you. I know that you like deliver always, but like I was like, all right, like we'll see. And like I'm. I, wow. It's a little bit different and better than that bread I used to make for you. Yeah. That was still good, too. I m't mean, yeah, Plus, it's, like, it's I'll fine. literally eat anything, so it's fine. 
<laughs> Thanks. Uh, Way to no, sell my food. Oh, no, but like I, I don't rant and rave about everything like this. Um, so you start. You where did you go to culinary school in the city? Uh, French culinary, which is now the International Center of Culinary something or other. Blah blah blah. But yeah, it's here in the city. Okay. And then how long was that? Um, it was a year. Did you? And you learn like all, and it's French, obviously. And then you. Is it like what you stereotypically think of like culinary school? Like what you see in the movies or in films or in whatever I mean, or in TV and yes stuff? Yes and no. I mean, the thing about French food, I mean, it is the basis for a lot of cuisines because the French actually codified all of their techniques. So it's not to say that the French invented a lot of these things. I mean, they did invent some things. Yeah. But what they did that's probably different than other cultures. Every culture has a braise. Every culture has a saute, knows how to make sauces. Every culture has master sauces and, and sub sauces off of those masters. Yeah. What the French actually did is they wrote it down and they made it like canon. So, you know, Escoffier. Yeah, like Julie and Julia. Right. Yeah. But before Julia, right? like Escoffier. You're like, fucking go kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking basic bitch. <laughs> Just eat your cookie. That's my only frame of reference for this. No, okay, no I mean, though. Julia, don't get me wrong. I love Julia. And she she basically introduced Americans to better cooking and better food, frankly. Yeah. But Escoffier is the one. He is a, a French chef um, that literally like created the whole system of, of French cuisine Got and it. by writing it down. And so again, it's just like basic techniques, whether it's how to scramble an egg, how to make an omelet, how to make a sauce. Um, but because it was written down and it was passed down, then chefs from every part of the world, every cuisine could take that and use that as a starting off point yeah. to create even better food. Well, and then it becomes like teachable. Right. Like right. if you, anything that's written down in like a in into like text can then be then turned into a lesson. Right. Right. Totally. And that's why. And I mean, that's another, you know, not that it was necessarily a disadvantage for other cultures. But, you know, imagine if you have a book that has like step by step instructions for how to make a film versus this other guy that literally has like a bunch of equipment doesn't know what it is or what it does and like okay i'm gonna try and go and like film figure something. out what any of this right. is yeah potentially you both could make amazing masterpieces but one person is probably gonna have to work a little bit harder yeah. just to get the basics you know got it um so, so that's what you learned in culinary school is basically just like right. all of those basics right and i wanted that as a foundation and and i mean i do love french food yeah but you know i i am of mexican descent um, so my love of food comes from the Southern United States, Texas in particular. So barbecue, uh, but also Mexican cuisine, which isn't Tex-Mex, but I do lo also love Tex-Mex, yeah. but interior Mexican cuisine is, yeah, I always love the more authentic than like the Tex-Mex, right? No, I mean, I do. I feel. <laughs> well, I mean, Tex-Mex is, is good, but it is, it's just a regional variation, right? Yeah. I mean, so in Texas during the cattle drives, they had abundance of two ingredients, cows and dried chilies and so during the cattle drives that's what they made so yeah. they killed a cow and they stewed it with chilies and there you have chili um in northern mexico they grew wheat instead of corn and so they made wheat or Tortilla. tortillas yeah wheat flour tortillas instead of corn tortillas so you know and then when that migrated into san antonio and uh and austin um, people started the Americans and also some of the, the Hispanic women started putting cheese um, in with the chili and rolling them up in corn tortillas. Yeah. And then we had enchiladas 
Um, and then we had flautas and then we had tacos and then the Californians made it into burritos. And yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a legitimate cuisine. It's just not interior Mexican different. Yeah. And it's good. I mean, I love both Calmex and Tex-Mex. Um, but when you get into Mexico, like around Mexico city is very French. Um, because the French Why? occupied oh, okay. the French occupied uh, Mexico for um, a couple of decades, and the French uh, governor of Mexico um, threw these lavish state dinner parties, and he imported all of these chefs from France. Yeah, and so you have now all of these French chefs cooking with local Mexican ingredients, with local you know Mexicans in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, kind of like throwing in their own little spins on things. So all of a sudden you get these cream sauces with chilies in it, or you get like a stuffed chili pepper with a walnut cognac sauce. Yeah, which like isn't at all something they would have you normally used. Well, it's similar to like Creole cooking, which is like this the French and then like the people in Louisiana right. or like in Canada, you know, like or banh mi in, yeah. in Vietnam. You know, it's yeah. it's what it's what the French did. Yeah, but um, you know, so anyway, like different regions in, in Mexico have very different and distinct cuisines. Um. And just like the United States, you know, yeah. every, every state has its own like dish and or dishes. Um, but that's the food that I love. And I wanted to be able to create that food, but do it in a very technically proficient yes. way. And that's why I needed. Yeah. As you, uh, yeah. As you would want, as you would need. Right. And then that's also why I decided to go to ABC kitchen, um, to really learn how to cook. Also to understand how to cook seasonally, which I didn't, I don't think I really had a firm like grasp. Figured out. Yeah. I've, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. Like I never really thought like, I mean, I'm from the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. And it's like, until I really came to New York, I didn't think that that like was a thing. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like even in college, like I was like, Oh, like I didn't, I don't know. I just didn't guess I didn't really even really think about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times you just have to let go and let the market, let the season tell you what it wants yeah. you to make. I mean, I think a lot of people, myself included, would go to a farmer's market or the grocery store and hellbent on making this dish. Yeah. So I'm going to buy all the ingredients for this dish, even if the produce looks shitty. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, if you like make a BLT in the middle of January, the tea is going to suck. You know? Yeah. Like, that tomato is going to be disgusting and, and flavorless and mealy. Yeah. So, but I almost feel like that's like how maybe I can't speak for your mother, but like my mom, like she would be like, oh, these were really good. So I picked these up so we could like make this. Like, I feel like that's almost like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, like these are in like, these are in season right now, or this is, these looked really good. So I grabbed these so we can like make a whole dish around this run ingredient. No, I mean, I, your mom sounds awesome. Um, I'd like to, they can her. do every, they could, they can really cook both of them. My dad and my mom both can cook really, really, really well. Like, especially for like, and yeah, everyone's like, oh, my mom makes really good food. And I'm like, no, I'd put them up against like any other amateur person. Right. Like for a thing. And they've religiously watched Food Network. So when we used to work there, they would like fucking jizz their pants over it. <laughs> they like loved it. Um, I mean, yeah, my parents, anyway. my parents grew a lot of uh, the stuff that we ate. Yeah. So we had like a huge garden. So, I mean, you know, we never really, we ate seasonally because it was what was in the garden. So you went to the garden and picked a bunch of shit and then you cooked it. Um, but I mean, I think a lot of a lot of this country people don't do that. They go yeah. to you know Walmart and whatever is there is, the, yeah. is what you get, or it's like canned. So it's like it's always canned in, or you frozen. Know what I mean? like that's yeah, never like, going anywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, this expires in twenty twenty seven. A K Y Pioneer Woman is like rich as fuck right now because she's <laughs> I like can't oh talk like about that woman every single but like it's so smart because at Walmart is everywhere right and so it's like I, she literally goes to Walmart and you see that it's Walmart and she goes in there and gets stuff and then makes like. 
really good dishes with it. You know what I mean? It's just so different. I mean, like I and we don't need to like talk shit on her, but like, yeah. no, I know, but I mean, it's it, but that's the way this country cooks. And when you go to other countries, like you know, I, one of the reasons why I love Paris is the markets on you yeah. know just about every street corner. And I I have gotten to the point now where I don't even really look for the markets on a map because I can find them by the smell. And so in the, the peak of the summer season, you can smell the peaches, you can smell the melons, you can smell the tomatoes, and you just follow the, the scent. And then all of a sudden, there's this amazing stand full of this produce that is absolutely yeah. stunning. And it looks nothing like what we have in, the, in this country, even at farmer's markets, yeah. because the food is not genetically modified. Um, it's ugly. It's misshapen. It has, you know, like weird spots or, or blemishes. And that's fine because that's actually the way it's supposed to look. Yeah. The Americans have modified food to look every tomato to be the same size and exactly the same color and the same shape and last for, you know, 10 days when it actually you pick a tomato and it goes bad in three. Yeah. So anyway, sorry for the diatribe. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. I mean, I'm all (laughs) about that because it's yeah, that's fucking fucked up. Um, but when you and like, do- when you watch those documentaries about food, like Food Inc. and like all those oh other God, ones, it like yeah. just scares me out of my fucking pants. Because oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, we're all like, no wonder we're all so fat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because look what they do, we do to our food. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about that forever, but like, yeah. that's not what we're here about. Um, so you go, so you are done with culinary school. You go to ABC Kitchen. Do you? That's like, I feel like that's a really hard job to get. No. Oh God, it was so awful. Like, <laughs> like I feel like that you don't just like casually walk into ABC Kitchen like right out of culinary school and be like. Yo, hire me. Like, hi. No. Like, here I am. Like, I'm just working here. Like, right? Like, no, no. And, was... and to be honest, I was actually surprised that I was even hired. Really? Oh, God. Yeah. Um, I was literally yelled at every single day oh, I'm sure. for nine months. Yeah. And I questioned my decision. So, I mean, like... Like I... Hell's Kitchen yelling or, like, not as bad? Or, like, worse? Oh, no, no. Equal, equally. Like, yeah. but, in, you know, like, in, in front of Have everyone. Have you ever seen those? I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. No. Have I mean, you seen it... those, like, BuzzFeed articles where he, like... He's yelling at them, but it's like all, it's not real. Like they subtitle it, but it's like not really what he actually says. But it's like, this water is burnt. And it's like, <laughs> have you ever seen that? I need to send it to you because it's so fucking funny. I, I mean, it would probably trigger me more <laughs> anyway, than anything no, else. Literally. I mean, it's like the shit that you get yelled at for. It's like, like the sauce is like, I, it's just like, like things that like can't exist. Like it was like, I got yelled at one time because. I was not cleaning fast enough and that I showed no signs of improvement and everyone in the line was cleaning faster than I was. My God. I mean, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that's what you're choosing to yell at me about because I'm not scrubbing my station faster than any of the other fuckers. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck does it matter? Like, I'm, you know, like, my station's clean. Leave me the fuck alone. That is unreal. No, it it was... It but was it's a hard. high pressure environment. I will say it's very. I always like, and especially from us working in food television mm-hmm. together, especially competition. It is very similar, and people are always like, "I." A lot of PAs now are like, "Oh, I like have never worked in television before, but like I used to be a server, and I'm like, or they, I used to be like a like a line cook in a kitchen. I was like, oh, you can do this job. Like I was like, you can do my job. Like, like it's the same thing. It's just not instead of you pe- the instead of it being people, it's just food, right? But I mean, also, like, I was in advertising, which means that I was sitting behind a desk for a number of years. And all of a sudden, I'm on my feet for 16 hours a day. Running around like a crazy person. Right. But it's also, it's, it's physical. It's every dish is a dance. Like every, every dish that you make 
has a dance step and a movement that is very well choreographed. Yeah. And it never occurred to me. And I actually remember the day that it occurred to me what, what was actually happening. So, you know, I would, I started on the garde manger station, which is typically the I lowest. That is. Okay. So in, that's like the, the beginner station. The begin, it is the beginner. Are station. you peeling potatoes? You isn't that like what sometimes people say? That's like the thing you're like peeling potatoes. Well, so garde is where most of the cold appetizers are made, i.e., salads. So the great thing about and it it's not it is not the easy station. Okay, it is where you learn. But how it's like to, a degrading station. No, no. I mean, it is where so, you are degraded. I don't know why I'm being so stupid with you right now, but it's just I just like <laughs> I'm so excited because I haven't seen you in so long. Anyway, continue. You are horribly so, degraded. It's the okay. Um, but it's it's where you start because it's cold. You're not actually cooking that. Yeah, much. it's like you're just like putting stuff in. Up, yeah. right? Okay, but which you know, is degrading. Which is just, yeah, because <laughs> you just literally went to culinary school and you were like, oh, I just like made all these fucking things and now I'm like well, literally making salads. But again, yeah. right? Like I was chopping, you know, salads for four dishes, you know, in culinary school. Yeah, I get to this place and I'm making, you know, salads for 500 covers a night. Yeah. you know, and so it's it's a big difference. But I mean, and I, it's still an important job. It is an important job. It's one of the mo- most important jobs because think about it. Like if the first thing that you order is a salad. Yeah, and if it's shitty, you're if gonna it's be like, shitty, what the fuck? if it's fucked up, if it takes a long time, you know, if you wait twenty minutes for a fucking salad, yeah, you know, your meal only goes downhill from there. So you're getting yelled at, yeah. and like also as soon as the doors open. Um, you know, there are 25 people in the dining room with open menus and you know the first thing that they're going to get is a salad. So yeah. you're like, all right, here we go. Yeah. You I know, mean, it's get- literally the same thing as like when you get on like a show and you're the talent PA, which is like what I was and like you're like basically like the b- bottom of the on the totem pole. And but like it's important because you're literally telling Bobby Flay and Jeffrey Zakarian and Alice Garnashelli, okay, we're ready for you now. Like, can you come on the set? And like, <laughs> if you can't get them to get on the set, then they're going to be like, people are going to be like, where the fuck are they? And I'm going to be like, I'm trying. And then, <laughs> or like, oh, they're not ready yet. Cause they are going into hair and makeup and they're doing their wardrobe and they're doing the, this. And like, you just fucking, if you fuck it up, then like the whole show is behind. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Continue. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So I started on garde and there's a one of the dishes that we had was this carrot salad and it it had like so many different components but i realized like you know the movements become the same and so yes. that's why it's like a dance step because it's like you do this and then you do this and you do this and grab this and troll this and it really is like those games that are like the like the like short order cook games on your phone. Like have you ever played one of those? Probably not. No. <laughs> it's literally just like, it's like in the other thing is like when, when Farmville and all those like oh, games right, like yeah, that yeah. were really big on Facebook when I was in college, that was like, you like, okay, like put the meat in now do this, now do that. Cause it's like you're and you're timing it and you're doing the exact same thing. And it's just like, it is. Yeah. Not and to liken it to a stupid phone game, but continue. No, no. I mean, and then like once it occurred to me, like this was a dance step, yeah. then I was like, all right. So if I move this box of greens over here, I won't have to reach over and that shaves off about a millisecond. Yeah. And if I move this over here and if I just start grouping things so that I can make my dance step like even shorter, smaller, then I can crank out these salads even faster. And then when I started applying that logic to everything that I did, all of a sudden I was like, holy fuck, I get this whole cooking bullshit. Yeah. And that was when the light came on and that was the day that I stopped getting, getting yelled at because all of a sudden I could get slammed with like 25 carrot salads and I'd be like, okay. And you'd be like, I can do this I'm because I'm chilling right now. Right. I'm just like killing it. And yeah. then every day I walk in and like, okay, I know exactly how long it, I time myself. I would like, it takes me a minute and three seconds to, you know, from start to finish to make this dish. Um, I want to shave a second off today. 
and I would time it and I would do it. And I, the next day I'd come in, I'm going to shave a second off. And all of a sudden, by the end of the week, I've saved myself five minutes yeah. you know, of time, which that five minutes when you're you know, cooking. Is a long time. That is a long time. Yeah. Like that is, that's like more five minutes more sleep because I can get the fuck out of the restaurant five minutes earlier. I can get home and yeah. get to bed and go to brunch. So, you know. And by I mean, go no, to brunch, go like to work. Five minutes brunch. is a long time. I mean, it's the same thing in TV. Literally, like if the first, if the assistant director is like, "How long?" and you say five minutes, and you're there for, and it's ten minutes, they're like, "I'm five minutes behind now." Yeah, you know, like, thanks a yeah. lot, asshole. Yeah. Um, and so when that happened, now all of a sudden I wasn't getting yelled at. Chef would come up to me and like, uh, "We have a new hire starting tomorrow, and I want you to train him." And so I literally went from the kid that was getting yelled at to the kid that was training, training every new single new cook that came into the wow. kitchen. Um, and so like I moved off Garde Maget, I moved on to um, Hot Apps and the Fry Station and our market table and then Saute, which is sort of, Saute is kind of like the epicenter of, of the restaurant because it's yeah. pretty much where every hot dish is prepared. Um, and it's, it's pretty intense. Um, because you know that's your that's yeah, your that's entree, like the entree, right? Um, so I was pretty happy with myself. You know, it was like a, it like that first year sucked ass. Yeah, and I mean, and, as it should. No, no, totally. Like you're not just gonna like. That's the other thing is like fucking coming out of college. You're like, oh, I know everything in the world. It's like you don't like, fucking no, know you jack fucking shit. Know you know nothing. And yeah. like there is no as Robert Flay himself, I will quote him. <laughs> there's no substitute for experience. Totally. Completely. Yeah. And, you know, and, and like, so, you know, I started, I was a career changer. So I was old when I walked into that kitchen. Yeah. And there were kids that were like 22, 20 years old that knew a shit ton more, more than I did. Than you did. And I was their intern. And I was like, all right, yeah, like, you, fuck, yeah. Whatever. You are going to teach me how to fucking chop mushrooms and I'm going to sit here and, yeah. like, did you have do to, like, it. dice onions? Isn't that, like, what they're always like? You're dicing onions. Oh, God. Yeah. I feel like every, like, movie they watch, I was, it's I had, like, like, like about, blisters it's just, like, all literally over my hands. just, like, they just have to chop onions all day. No, you do. Yeah. But then, you know, after you've chopped, like, 75 pounds of onions, you're yeah. like, okay, I get it. I know how to fucking yeah, yeah, chop yeah. an onion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always jealous. I try really hard to, like, learn, like, my knife skills better. I feel like I'm okay for, like, someone that rarely cooks. I feel that I'm, like, Kind of killing it. We should cook together sometime. We should. Yeah. Pick but like, dish. you should just like not look at me while we do it because so y'all make me nervous. But like, but like, I'm not I, that yeah. bad. But I feel like I'm like good, decent, but you'll be, I mean, you'll be horrified by it probably. But like, I'll be like, I'm going to be like really proud of myself. Okay. <laughs> let me tell you. Okay. So my aunts, so every, every year I go home for the holidays yeah. and um, my aunts were a little bit like, oh, we don't know if we want to cook around you because you you're going to like judge us. Right. Yeah. Everybody thinks that I'm going to be judgy and like, oh, that's disgusting now. Like, no, I've been eating that for 40 fucking years. Like, it's delicious. I love this food. Yeah. Anyway, so I have one aunt. So there's a dish called Vionuelos. And so it's traditionally made it um, at New Year's, and so it's basically tortilla dough, okay. of corn or uh, sorry, a flour tortilla dough that you roll out, and then you fry it, and then you sprinkle cinnamon sugar on it, and so you serve. Oh yeah, I mean it's like an elephant ear kind of. No, no, it's like a it's a fried tortilla. It's oh, like I guess I'm like thinking of the wrong. Thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, copy <laughs> that. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Go ahead. <laughs> um, they're amazing, and my grandmother yeah. used to make them. Uh, everybody makes them. Everybody's grandmother and aunts make them when you're yeah. Mexican. And now I'm getting now. You're now you're gonna get hate mail, and they're gonna direct it at me. But whatever. no, it's fine. No, they won't. Please, no one listens to this. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so. Uh, I no, but like, it's a traditional Mexican like thing to make right. on a New Year's. Just like my Polish grandmother, we make sauerkraut and like uh, kibasa, like on New Year's because it's good luck. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, continue. Are you going to have to serve that at your New Year's party? Maybe. I should. You totally should. Yeah. Anyway, so um, so she's making it with me. And then um, all of a sudden, she's like, no, actually, 
I'm the expert here. I've been doing this for yeah, like 175 yeah, years. Stop the fuck off. Yeah, and yeah. she's like literally like, you know, stop it. What are you doing? Yeah. Don't do that. No, that's like you're. It's it's wrong. You're rolling it wrong. I'm like, okay, I'm actually scared of you now, and yeah. <laughs> you're judging me, yeah. and I'm gonna leave the kitchen, and you just make them because whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, it's it's fine. I don't judge, and I love all foods. Um. What? So you? Okay. So you're at the entree station. Yeah. And you, like, how's that? Crazy, obviously crazy, right? <laughs> like insane. So my chef, um, my chef had this thing that he he refused to let anybody else make the schedule, but he himself refused to make the next week's schedule. What's the schedule? So the schedule, like you know, everybody, like um, we have a weekly schedule, and then on the schedule it says, you know, you're working, you know whatever oh like what time to come in i was for a second i was thinking about like what food it is and i was like no that doesn't make no so he'll tell you like what your hours are um what day of the week but also what station you're gonna be at so we would change stations all right we would change stations sometimes day to day like if you were gonna be you know out on vacation or whatever not that anybody took vacation but if you were out then like i might work your station one day and then you work my station on my day off that kind of yeah okay and so i hadn't I'd never worked on saute before in my life and our like he would wait till the very last minute to put the schedule up. So it's Friday night and I'm working clothes uh, on Friday and I always worked brunch. So I knew I was going to have to get up at fucking five in the morning and come to brunch. Um, but I was, I was always on the, uh, the, the fry station during brunch. So I was like, whatever. Um, we finished service. It's like midnight. And the schedule's up. We look at the schedule, and one of the cooks comes up to me and is like, did you know that you're on saute? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, I've never worked on saute in my life. Also, P.S., brunch is insane, brutal. Yeah. Like, you do not start a new station on fucking a brunch. brunch. Yeah. Also, like, that, like, all of the egg dishes came off of that station. Like, and you don't want someone who's never worked that station to, like, pump out all the fucking like pancakes and eggs the benedicts oh so anyway i'm like i'm kind of starting to freak out but i'm like obviously this is a mistake yeah you're like okay like you're like i'm calm right inside like screaming yeah but you're like i tell the sous chef you're calm yeah Yeah. (laughs) i tell sous chef sous chef is like wow that's dumb um let me call (laughs) chef calls him and he's like no he's like no i want him to work saute that's literally like in devil's prada whenever she like puts the bag on on emily's station on emily's desk and then it's like you're she's like you're the new Emily. Yeah, that's what that was. Totally. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, continue. So, and just to give you like a little contrast. So normally, when you change stations, you like I will be working the station, and if you're, I will train you. Yeah, so, like, I'm like helping you through the station. Right. If you don't you know see what you're, how yeah, it works because obviously like, you have no idea. You have right. no idea what you're doing. We're gonna make cookies today, and I'm gonna walk you through it, and yeah. then like we're gonna make them, and then eventually I'm gonna be like, okay, now it's your turn. You make them, and then I'm gonna watch you. And I'm like, no, you fucked that all up. Make it again. Or you're going too slow. Make it faster. Yeah. Or whatever. Or like this is here. My here's my tip for this. Yeah. Right. Or how to set it up. Like setting up the station. Like you. That's probably the hardest. Well, not the hardest part, but that's one of the most important parts because, you know, like I said, if this is here instead of over there. Yeah. You know, you might think that that's the best place. For He's it, putting his glass of water farther away than he. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Like you want to put it closer to you because you. So you group your things by yeah. like each dish. And like, oh, I'm going to need all these, so I'm just going to like fire these out real quick, right. like right next to me on this left-hand side. And the, yeah. Also, P.S., I didn't even know what fucking dishes came off the station. Yeah, you had no like, idea. Yeah, you I'm were just like, completely unaware about everything that right, was happening at right. the station. Yes. So literally, like, they hand me the book. There's 
so each station had a book full of all the recipes. They're yeah. like, here you go. These are all your recipes for tomorrow brunch. I'm like, great. It's one o'clock in the morning. I need to sleep at some point for three hours and then I have to get up. So I guess I'll go study this. I literally came home, got into bed. I called my friend who wor- I knew had worked the station. I'm like, you have got like, to um, walk me through this. Like, yeah. w- you just tell me like second by second, what do you do to set the station up? Like, also, the, the morning person has to prep everything in the morning for the entire day. So, like, even the things that I don't even need for my for brunch service. You're, like, doing something else. Like, or you something. have to yeah. make the sauces for the evening service. Yeah. Which, I'm like, I, I've never made. I don't even know what the fuck. Why did they do this to you? <laughs> because Chef is a dick. And, I mean, yes, he's a dick. And, and he knows because I love him. Because he wanted you to fail or because he knew that you would do it? No, or he was pushing this you to is, do it. He was pushing me to do it. Like, this is his way of seeing what you're capable of. I mean, I'm, he did the same thing for, like, the day before he hired me. I'll tell that story in a minute. Okay. Um, so, anyway, so I, I stumbled through this day, and I didn't even, I didn't know the dishes, and there was actually even a new dish that no one knew until that morning that Chef wanted on special. Yeah. So, one of the sous chefs literally wrote out on the back of a ticket what the pickup was for or like basically how you are supposed to make, make this it. thing. Um, and one of the sous chefs basically had to stand next to me the whole time and pretty much did, I would say like 75% of the work because I was like so completely blinded. And part of it is like at brunch, you know, the door. So ABC kitchen is within a department store. So people are now, sh- people start shopping at 9am the doors. Open. The the store is called ABC Home Car- Carpet and Home. Yeah, Carpet and Home, and it is like, I would say probably a couch that you would buy there would be like a cool like what twenty thousand dollars. Oh, starting like beyond like yeah, like I'm talking. We're talking like, it, if you wanted to redecorate a room, it like, would be like, like upwards uh-huh. of five hundred thousand dollars. Oh, totally. Yeah, easily. Like it's like rugs are like. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars. Pillows like, can be. It's $1, like $1, disgusting how expensive this furniture is. Yes, right. continue. So and that's so, you're the like you're literally the kitchen inside the store also. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Imagine like the cafeteria inside IKEA, except for but it's wealthy like people. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so so people are shopping at nine a.m. and yeah. then they get hungry and it's eleven. Our doors open and the general manager would literally walk into the kitchen and say there are. 50 open menus in on the floor and you would just literally like bend over and just like, okay, give it to me. Cause yeah. I know what's about to happen. Um, and saute would get it first because it's eggs and pancakes. So literally I would have an eight quart pot literally full of scrambled eggs. And also we scrambled our eggs like to not, not to order, but to temperature. Yeah. So you could walk in and go, I would like a medium well egg or I would like a yeah. well yeah, done no, egg. Listen, people are not spending like $50,000 on a couch and then getting like yeah, it, not like, what they want when the yeah, egg department. This is not like egg this McMuffin. Is like, yeah. Like this isn't like the plebes, like me, like coming in and being like, Oh, I'm going to just like order a Benedict. Like I just want like any Benedict or like, give me like, like, I don't fucking know. What do I eat for breakfast? Like, you know what I mean? Like this is, these are people that are dropping more money than I make in a year on like a, on a pizza furniture to like eat lunch or eat brunch. So like, yeah. And like, you know how much us New Yorkers like love and are particular about About our brunch. brunch. Yeah. God damn. Anyway. So yeah. Awful. Um, 
So yeah, like I mean, it, it was it was Insane. literally horrible. Um, but I survived, yeah, and he laughed, and he knew that it was shitty, and you know, I mean, the reality is, is like because I had a sous chef with me the whole time. Like, nothing bad was going to happen, and that was essentially how I got trained on that station. Yeah. And I think he also knew that be- just because of the person that I am, I hate failing. I hate failure, and I wasn't going to let that happen again. And yeah. I vowed my- to myself that I was never going to let that happen again. And so, you know, I learned that station really fucking fast. And And you could also look back and go... Oh, you know what? Today like really sucked, but you know what? It fucking didn't suck as much as it did that first day. Right. Right. Well, that's also, like something I do all the time. Also, like I had to work it again the next day, so it yeah. was like you know I worked a solid fourteen hours, and it was like awesome. I get to go to go sleep home and, and go then... to bed, and then wake right back up and do the same thing all over again. Exactly. Yes. Um, but yeah, like that was how he hired me. Like I told him I had been interning for for free for four months, and um. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, either you hire me or I'm I'm walking. And, and he was like, fine, I'll hire you. And like, threw you right in the deep end, didn't he? No, he's like, the only way I'm going to hire you is if you can prove that you can actually handle the station by yourself. Deserve money. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I, fine, Let's what do you do want this me to shit. do? Yeah. He's like, you're working brunch on Garde Maché. You're so scrappy just like I am. I love it. Keep on <laughs> Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, yes, the day of the the Lord is risen. <laughs> yes, that that, that Easter, the day yes. that is the Lord is ri- yes, the day that the most horrible, vile people on this earth go to brunch. Yeah, yeah, in droves with angry children. Yeah, that day. Why? Because they're it's come they're coming out well, of like they go to Easter church service. and then they're like you know kids are yelling and screaming but and they're wearing to church in New York City. Do I guess a lot of people? I mean, the people that go to ABC. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, again, yeah. yeah. So they're like all wearing like, you know, Easter egg colors. They walk in and they think that they are like deserving of the most. Yeah, because they were just like blessed by the Lord. Right. And yeah. so they want like a, a divine brunch. Hashtag he is risen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they want a divine brunch. Yes. So they, right. Yeah. And so that was my that yeah. was how I was going to. Prove wow. Myself. That guy's a fucking prick. Yeah, pretty much. But I love him. Yeah. 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 Um, but anyway, so, yeah, like, I, you know, I worked that station and. I did it. I had help, but I I did made it. it through. And I walked back up to him that night, and I was like, fuck you. Yeah. I handled it. I want a job. Yeah. And he put me on the schedule, and I started getting money. So Amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't out of character. Oh, certainly. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah this yeah, is yeah. what he did. Yes. But, like I said, the irony of the whole thing was is that everybody that came after me was so much better trained because I trained them. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, you know, it was, it was definitely... I felt good because I knew he trusted me and I knew that I knew that he liked the way I cooked and yes. liked the way I thought. And yes. Um, and even to this day, like, so he left ABC. Do you now, still talk to him? Do you still? Or, oh yeah. I saw him the other night. Um, he, uh, he left ABC and he just opened his new place. So his name is Dan Kluger. Um, and he opened a restaurant called Loring place in the West village. And oh, okay. Yeah, I ate there recently. I saw him. He's doing great. Uh, but before that, like in the interim between ABC and Loring Place, he actually would do uh, guest chef uh, appearances at Bon App, and um, he'd cook for parties or events that we had. Yeah. So I actually saw him fairly frequently at the restaurant, and he definitely had a very paternal sense with me because, you know, I mean, for all intents and purposes, like he taught me everything I knew, yeah. you know, about restaurant cooking. And that basically landed me the job at BA. Like I would not, I would yeah, not yeah. have gotten Absolutely. either the food network job nor the, uh, the BA job without 
Dan Kluger. So I, I totally owe him that. Um, and it was very heartwarming to me when I saw him again, because, you know, like I left and I was, I, I think I still had like some negativity when I left about, you know, the well, plus you're like over it. You're like, Oh, get me out of here. I'm totally. Yeah. So you're just like, Oh yeah. But you know, like I, after a year of reflecting and also after getting the BA job, I was like, no, actually this man is amazing. And he, yeah. he taught me what I needed to know to do this. And yeah, like on Devil Wears Prada, Miranda Priestley and <laughs> Andy Sachs, like there you go. So you go like how long are you, then you're at ABC for how long? Like a while? No, um, two years. Okay. Then and two- then you're like, deuces, I need to go to Food Network or what do you think? No, I was like, I was done. Like, it's funny because like, I actually, um, there was a gentleman that I, a good friend of mine, I used to work with. He is a a designer and he has his own design company. Um, and I met with him towards the end of my, my stand at ABC. So this is like after two years and I had intended to stay there for three. My intention was to work every station. And so by the time I was on saute, I had two left. I had the pizza station and pasta. And, um, so I met with him and I was just talking to him and he's like, so what is it you want to do? And I'm, and I told him, I'm like, I, I want to be at food network. And, and that was a thing. Was that like a new dream? Was that something you always wanted to do? Just also don't mind me as I just eat another cookie. My third third of the, of the podcast continue by all means. Um, no, I had, I never wanted to stay in restaurants. I never wanted to own my own restaurant. I have no, I had no desire to do that at all. Um, my intention my background was in, in advertising and media. Um, and my belief was that if I could combine my knowledge of media with my passion of food, I could land a job at Food Network. And that, to me, seemed to be the dream job. Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was my end goal. And so like when I, when I sat down and I, I worked out like this whole life change, um, I basically made a five-year plan. And... Um, that plan was go to school, get a job in a restaurant, get a job in a really good restaurant, and then at the end of five years, be at the Food Network. So I was allotting myself three years at ABC, and my the gentleman, Brian Collins is his name, um, he asked me, he's like, what else do you need to learn? He's like, you've been there for two years. And I, I kind of told him the same story that I just told yeah, you. Yeah, get the fuck out, yeah. And I was like, well, you know, there's other stations. He's like, do you honestly believe that you need to know how to make a pizza? Like, you know how to make a pizza. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, I guess not really. And he's like, and, you know, like, grill? Do you need to Do you need to know how to grill shit? Like, you from, you're from Texas. You know how to grill. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. yeah. Um, he's like, what <laughs> you don't know is television. Yeah. And that's what you need to learn. He's like, you know how to cook. Go learn television. And, and he was absolutely right. And he was the reason why I decided to leave. And because that the environment of restaurants is so challenging and so consuming, there's no way I could have looked for another job while I was there. Like I was working 14 days straight and then I would get two days off. Um, I was exhausted. I looked like shit. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I mean, thankfully I was in a place because I'd been working in advertising for so long. I had a lot of money staved up and, so I was like, I'm going to take time off. Yeah, that paper. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take time off and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to like get my shit together and I'm going to I'm gonna start networking. And that's what I did. For two months, I just started 
meeting with producers and directors, anybody that I could find that had a connection to food media, food television. Tried to understand what was happening inside Food Network. Didn't really know how the kitchen worked or how it was yeah. structured. Also, I knew enough to know that there were probably five positions that seemed like things that I would want to do. Um, and, and like everyone and their fucking mom wants to work at Food Network. And also the only way to get a job is to wait for someone to die. Yeah. And, you know, because that's the only reason why they leave. And so anyway, so basically I, I did this for a couple of months and nothing happened. And so... And this was another one of those pivotal moments for me. Um, it was February 14th of 11. V-Day. What? V-Day. V-Day. And I, I just came to the realization that this might be just a really unachievable dream. You know? Yeah. Like, trying, trying to compete with all of New York for one of five spots at Food Network seemed pretty daunting. Um, and also I'd been without a paycheck for three months. And so I really needed to like, you know, get a job. I recognize the fact that I can still keep this dream and still yeah. pursue it, but I needed, but you can it's not happening right the second. Right. Yeah. And also like, it was pretty foolhardy at this point for this person that just came out of culinary school that just worked at one restaurant to think that all of a sudden he can ascend to food, food network. network. And so I was like, you know what? The world doesn't work on your time. The world works on the world's time. And so when it's time, if it's time, it will happen. If not, then fine. And so I kind of made peace with it. And it was fine. I went to bed. Next morning, Feb 15, I wake up and I get an email from my counselor at school. And she says, there's an internship available at Food, at Food Network. Network. Do you want it? And you were like, absolutely right now, yes. And I'm like, oh my fucking God. Wow. Ask, believe, fucking receive. <laughs> yeah. Like real talk though. Totally. No, it was insane. And so I I, inter I interviewed a couple of times over the phone. Then I went in for a person interview. Uh, then it turns out that like the guy that I was going to work for is from Texas and was like judging this brisket contest, which as you know, like I love making brisket. I think about it every all the time. The one yeah. you made on your birthday was like fucking the titties. It was so good. So I literally think about it all the time. I, I hope you know that. Um, okay, where were you at my last birthday party? I don't know. I don't think I got an invite. That is such bullshit. I don't know. You check your Facebook. I you don't look at it ever. That's why. I made twice as much fucking brisket this year. Shut the fuck up. Really? I ran out. I ran out at fucking nine o'clock. It the was year that you so came. good. The last when I had it. The last I made time. two briskets this year. I doubled everything. That's fucking bullshit. Why was I not invited? Was I invited on you Facebook? Invi it, okay. I swear to you. I'm I never on Facebook, so I'm, you're probably right. I never look at I it. I was ever. actually really sad that you didn't come. Really? You yes. should have texted me. Well, I was like, yeah, I invited you. Oh, I don't you. know. I never, I never look at Facebook. I swear to God, that's my like, fault. Mom, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I stand corrected. I'm Whatever. sorry. Whatever. I'm sorry. It was good. I would have literally would have been here because I like dream about that brisket every day. Okay, so I did actually run out. Thankfully, I didn't run out until like 11 o'clock this year. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Plus, like, they'll eat like... When is enough enough, people? Yeah, never. Like, you had the brisket. Like, you don't need to have mass quantities. Like, the memory alone, like, sat satiates me to this day. <laughs> no. And I'm not just flat. Like, I think about it all the time. Anyway, continue. Oh, you missed it. Um. Anyway, so, yeah. So, I so got you're like, Food Network, what's good? Yeah. Yeah. So, all of a sudden, like, now I'm at Food Network. And I was like, wow, I just shaved three years off my five-year plan. Wow, that's really great. Yeah. It was kind of insane. That makes me really happy. Um, okay, continue. <laughs> And so, and I loved it. Like, it was yeah. amazing. Like, I love working television. To be honest, I actually miss 
at times working in television. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss the energy of it. Although I have to say, like, my favorite show was not a Food Network show. It was actually The Chew. Um, the Chew, to me, reminded me of what I think a Wait, Broadway did you show- really work? Did you really work on The Chew? When did you yeah. work on The Chew? It was like freelance. Oh, copy that. Okay. Um, but because it's- They so literally just emailed me, and I was like, I'm on a job. I can't. Like, I, they were like, want to come in tomorrow and interview? And I was like, I can't. I was really? Like, I'm, I'm booked on a show already. No. It's really fun. Yeah. Who, who, who I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Um, anyway, uh, no, because it's, it's a live studio audience. Yeah. And so, you know, you have to get there at like the ass crack of dawn and you're cooking literally at five in the morning. Yeah. Just sort of like I want to go. Uh, Clinton, if you're listening, like get me on the tasting table. Like what's good. <laughs> anyway, continue. Um, and then like all of a sudden, you know, at 9 a.m., like, you know, the, the audience starts coming in. And yeah. And then like it's this, the happiest day of their fucking lives. No. For, and there's amazing energy. Like, yes, yeah. people are so fucking happy. People love that show. Like, and love. You can be so miserable and so upset. Like, you know, you're burning a chicken or like, you know, yeah. you cut your hand off or whatever. And then all okay. of a sudden. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> like you hear all of these people like, like screaming, screaming in, in and, joy, pure ecstasy. Yeah, yeah. It's like pure happiness. And all of a sudden, nothing matters anymore because you are going to make their fucking day and week and month and whatever, yeah. you know? And so all of a sudden you're like, you're in this Broadway production and there's like high energy and like everybody's happy yeah. and you know, everything's real time. And if you fuck up, it doesn't matter because like that thing is still, and out they there. just like, they just like pivot to something else and it's like, whatever. Right. Yeah. And you know, and, and it's, I don't know. Like I, I love, I love cooking on a deadline. It's just like, there's that, yeah. the thrill and exhilaration of like, this Turkey needs to go on set at exactly like 1201. Yeah. And if it is like a minute before or a minute after we're all fucked, Yeah, you know, and, and it has to be perfectly cooked and it has to look absolutely fucking stunning. And, and you're like, Oh oh my God, Oh my God. Is it going to like, is it going to be bloody? Is it going to be tough? Is it going to be like leathery? You know, what is it going to look like? Am I going to drop it on the way to fucking out to the set? Remember, remember on like the Thanksgiving thing when like you made that Turkey and like, you were so nervous and it like came out and oh. they all f- and like Bobby and Alex and all of them like flipped it over and started eating the bottom of the thing and they were like, this is a great turkey and you were like so happy. It was literally like jackals on a dead animal. Yeah. Like they <laughs> were literally like just picking it no. clean. Yeah, they loved it. Yeah, it was insane. And you were, I was like so proud of you. I was like, oh I was, my God, it looked so great. <laughs> I literally was like, this is going to be my last day in food. They're yeah. going to fire me because I've served them bloody turkey. Yeah, they um, loved it. They totally loved yeah. it. Yeah. We had to fucking hide the fact that the turkey had no bottom. They ate it all. Yeah. Um, anyway, continue. But <laughs> I mean, it's, it was just, it was so exhilarating, you know? And it's like, and then the show's over and the audience leaves and you're cleaning up and you've got like, you still got that adrenal rush where yeah. you're like running around and it's like, I can't wait to do this tomorrow. And then, you know, it's, it's over. And uh, it was just, it was really amazing. Yeah. Fun. So I missed that a lot. Um, and even like the Thanksgiving special that, you know, we did a couple of live specials for Food Network. And then even the stuff like the Bobby Flay show is like one continuous show. Like you just you don't really take breaks and you don't have to like yeah, reshoot fire and all the stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, so it's like right through it. Yeah. So and you don't you just edit like if you fuck it up during the show, you just you figure out a way to like make it good on the editing. Yeah. End. TV magic is what yeah. I like to call it. Um, um, so you, okay. So you're going, cause I want to, fa- I want to like get through this so we can get to like the, what do you like? What do you not like? Okay. Um, <laughs> so you end up doing, so you go to your internship at food network mm-hmm. and you love it. 
Yeah. Right? Oh, my God. Loved it. Yeah. You start making things. You're doing stuff for the magazine. You're doing stuff for this. Like, you're right across the way. Like, you're right across the hallway from, like, the big studio where they shoot Chopped, where, like, at one time we had shot Iron Chef, my first job ever. We, there, we shoot, what other stuff? They used to shoot, um, what's... What's the show where you want it? Like, if you want to be one of the bo- one of the people on Food Network. Oh, who, um, the Food Network star. Who knows? Next, next Food, Food Network, Network star, star um, in there and all that stuff. You're seeing all the cameras. You're seeing all the you know. You're seeing all of us PAs like run around with our walkie talkies and like running through the hallways and. It's magical. Like yeah. I mean, you can't like the first time you walk into the studio, and like so like Iron Chef was the first big production that I witnessed, and I yeah. remember walking in and seeing the lights and the fog machine and the, you know, the, this, and I will never forget the, the smell is so distinct because it was like cooking food that smelled really good. But then also it smells like a haunted house because of all the like (laughs) smoke and that I will never, that was such like a distinct. And it was also like a time that like is no longer in television where like there were lights and there was like, it was was so dramatic. Cameras were there and it was so dramatic. And like there were cameras going across the ceiling, like the budgets that we would never today have. Oh, it was like ever, 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 ever. How many cameras? It was like 22 cameras. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It was was like, and I feel like even when I, it was my first job ever. And I still was like, I knew that it was like something that was ending. I kind of feel already like I knew that it was like, I will never work on a show like this ever again. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the budgets were kind of endless, and, and it was just, like, it was magical to see something like that, you know, yeah. and, and to be a part of it. And, like, even even the most insignificant job or, like, even the things that we were asked to do on the food end, like, weren't actually that insignificant. Because, you know, like, if you mislabel a spice or mislabel a salt and it's actually sugar and then you fuck up somebody's dish, like, which actually did happen, not yeah. to me, thankfully, but yep. it did actually That's happen. That's really bad. It's yeah. It's really bad. So, you know, like, there is actually no unimportant little job job in television because yeah. the smallest thing can make the biggest fucking yeah i remember when mistake. that ha- I, I don't think it was my i think it was before and that was like the cautionary yeah. tale was like someone labeled the things wrong and like the whole fucking episode was fucked yeah yeah because <laughs> they made a salt pyre yeah whatever um but yeah so like it was it was a great experience and also like i i mean somehow magically i had the good fortune to work on the magazine plus tv plus yeah. digital so like well, I you got guys it. were just doing everything. Yeah, I mean you like, guys just like bang it out. Like, yeah, yeah. But I was one of the few people that like did all three. Um, oh really? Is which that is not normal. No, because like people like the the actual staff positions were either digital, oh. uh, magazine, or TV. So I worked. Oh, all I three. never even like thought about that. Oh yeah. Like they had very. I guess because I always just thought assumed that you were just doing what everyone else was doing. But no, I, guess, I mean that was. I mean the beauty of being a freelance is like. Yeah. Luckily, all three departments liked me, and so you could like float. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it so it was great that I got all that experience, and which is the reason why that when the BA position came up, um, I I was able to get it. Like, and part of it, like I, to be honest, I didn't want to go into print because you know in my mind print was dying. Yeah. Um, and it was yeah, all but digital. Not like bon Appetit. No, that's just running. Yeah, people love yeah. food magazines, and specifically BA. And, well, and because it's because it's like a cookbook that you get every month. Right. Like that's still, you know what I mean? Like people will still be down with that. And it's beautiful. It's yeah. like, it's very timely. It's at the moment, but it's still like, it still teaches you something. Um, and, and it's just beautiful. Like, you know, it looks yeah. genuinely like from a design perspective, from a photography perspective, um, the food looks sexy. The locations are amazing. And we work really hard to make sure, like one of the things that we do that like no one knows about is... We shoot, we shoot the magazine six months ahead. Um, so that means that... Oh, so that's why you're telling me about your 
Christmas shit that we were talking about when we had oysters. Totally. Because you're like already doing it right now. Well, now we're working on April. Oh, so you're like done with like I'm, oh yeah. We like so it's Christmas in June. Yeah. Um and so, you know, I'm walking out to the beach with like a holiday brisket and, you know, holiday cookies. Um, to Fire Island, my housemates are like, "What the fuck is going on?" I'm yeah. like, "Merry Christmas." Um, but w- another thing that we do is we shoot um, feature stories a year in advance. So, for example, a year in advance, a year in advance. So we shoot like, uh, and it's it's so that we can be in location in a beautiful time. Like, so if it's a, a story about you know uh, Maine in august oh you're shooting pro- it in august right we so then have it run august, and then so okay like the blueberries are but fresh still like oh my god that is so like and all that i guess like it's just like tv where we shoot something and it doesn't air for a year it's well, kind of the same thing right it's kind of the same thing i mean like things certain things are not gonna like you know main blueberries and lobsters are not gonna be you know like in 2018 people are gonna still love blueberries and lobsters. absolutely right and maine is still gonna be beautiful unless, yes you know a hurricane comes and swallows it up um so Presuming that that doesn't happen, then that story will be beautiful because we shot it in the peak of season. Whereas, like, if we actually shoot it when we're developing the story, which would be in, like, February, March, obviously it's going to be, like, snowy. and Yeah, and, like, shitty and, like, not really good, yeah. So, and it costs a lot of money to do stuff like that, you know? Like, you're spending money to shoot something that's not going to run for a year, plus whatever else we have to shoot for 2017. Um but that's what makes BA what it is. Yeah. Um, and then now all of our, our digital content, our video content and our online stories, our online recipes um, have a completely different audience. Like actually like the, the BA magazine reader is different than our BA online reader. Yeah. Uh, which is probably also different than our mobile reader. Um, and so we're creating content for all three of those. Groups. So many different people. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's great because it challenges me because, you know, there's a very specific type of food that is in the magazine that is maybe it's a little bit higher brow. It's maybe a little more expensive. Maybe it's a little bit more experienced cook kind of food versus the I'm, you know, a parent that works that needs something on the table on a Tuesday night. But I want it to be good. Like, I don't want to settle, you know. I'm not going to Rachel Ray for my fucking, you know, Tuesday night dinner. Yeah. Sorry, Rachel. <laughs> Still love her. That's fine. Whatever. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, I, so I get to cook both of those things. I can make a really insane dish yeah. for the magazine. I can make a really yummy Wednesday night dinner. Um, it's the same thing as literally like in Vogue, the magazine, you're seeing nothing but like pieces that no, it's like a one of a kind couture that like no one will ever actually aspire to, no normal regular person can ever attain to ever own let alone like have the access to own and then you like can go online and it's like the, here's how you should like style this like trend that like you totally. you know and it's like oh i could like this is at like places like zara and blah 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 that like i can like actually maybe before the clothes there maybe totally. like exactly. maybe like yeah <laughs> they even sometimes still are like okay like if i could afford anything there <laughs> right but yeah same thing right totally or i'm gonna teach you how to like cut your pants to make it look like you know to give you a, that hemline that you want or yeah. the hole in your jeans or whatever yeah um 
so that's what's really fun about it too you know it's like i yeah. every every day is different every dish every season's different you know and then with trends like there are certain ingredients that are like all of a sudden everybody's putting tahini and shit and it's like yeah all right, let's go to that because I know that's like a hot button issue for you. Oh, so like give me three things that you hate. Like what are three things that you're like, oh, and that you're so annoyed about because this is going to be really funny. Okay. Um, one of them is tahini, right? One is tahini. Like, okay, let me just clarify this. I love tahini. Tahini is delicious in certain things. What is tahini? For so the people tahini that don't know. is basically ground sesame seeds. So it's like peanut butter, but like sesame seeds. Okay. Okay. Well, um, what, what would it normally be found? So in? you would normally have it. It's it's that secret ingredient in, that makes hummus so delicious. Okay. So hummus is primarily chickpeas. Mm-hmm. Um, mashed chickpeas, while good, will taste like mashed chickpeas, kind of like a refried bean situation. Yeah. When you add tahini to it, it has this bitterness. It has a nuttiness. It has an yeah. oiliness. It gives it that body. It gives it the body that makes it. See, I'm using like the terminology. I know. Look at yeah. you. <laughs> oh, I've touched you so much. No. Okay. So, so that gives it like, yeah, it like gives it the little. Mm. Right. Yeah. And so in sauces, in certain things, tahini is really, really delicious. Yeah. And I love it. I love making tahini sauces. It appears in a lot of um, Middle Eastern cuisine. Which okay. It's really delicious. And also in some desserts um, and like havla, which is kind of like a, a, like a nougat like okay. so it's kind of like i mean nougat fudge sort of situation but it's very nutty from the the sesame seeds delicious now i the thing that i the problem that i have with trends is i feel like an ingredient someone discovers an ingredient that has been around for literally Forever. centuries I'm right like, since the earth has been Right. Going. Sesame seeds and tahini have existed for forever, thousands of years. And someone thought, oh, let's let's start putting it in things that it doesn't ordinarily get seen in. So brownies or milkshakes or this or that. And and then all of a sudden, everybody's doing it. Everybody's spending a lot of money on that tahini brownie or the tahini ice cream or the tahini facial mask or, you know, the tahini colored nail polish. And it's it's ridiculous, you know. Yeah, it, it's really it, ridiculous. Yeah, it be, it it moves out of the realm of being a food trend, and now it's just like it's the same thing that avocados. I'm sorry, I don't know if this is gonna offend, but like it's I'm over like I'm so over toast. It. just like anything. Like I, I'm oh so over. I mean, th- I love listen guacamole right. is a great thing. Like l- that's not what we're here about, but like avocado on like everything that I've ever eaten in my life, like no. Right. No. Right. No, I get it. Like someone actually sent me a recipe for. Um, I posted a, a, a chocolate cake on something and they were like, you need to try the, you know, the uh, avocado chocolate cake with avocado buttercream. And I'm like, and you were like, or not. I'm like, like why? Or I'm going to eat fucking chocolate cake. Well, I was like, just explain to me why. Like, I was like, do you not eat dairy? She's like, no, I eat dairy. So I'm like, okay, so explain yeah, to someone me. Someone made that one time. We, oh, it might've been on, it might've been once Adam on how, um, it, someone once when I was working on a show made a, um, like a like a vegan chocolate cake and they used like avocado and like something else a banana in it and it like actually tasted pretty good but like it wasn't chocolate cake like you know what i mean well and and i get it if you if you can't eat gluten or you can't eat fat or you can't eat dairy and you need a suitable substitute that is a great sub yeah but if you can eat butter and cream and why wouldn't you right it's like (laughs) why would you waste the time no like i don't understand it's like you're not on a diet you're not watching anything you're just like i'm gonna make an avocado cake for no fucking reason i mean it's like 
All right, fine. Tick that off. Like, cool, but like, no. Right. And don't try and pot it off on me. Just give me the real thing. Like, if I'm I'm going to go through the bother of making a chocolate cake, I'm going to eat a fucking chocolate cake. So anyway, um, so that's one. And I'm really privileged, like knock on wood, that like I'm I don't have any like allergies of that nature and like anything remotely near that. So it's like I am very aware that like I'm like give me the real thing because I'm allowed to eat it, and many people cannot because it does right. not sit well with them. But like I'm yeah. not one of those people, so I'm gonna eat a piece of chocolate cake anyway. Continue. No, and like second, uh, what, yeah. go no, ahead. I I and you know some food trends. Some things I just love and I eat all the time anyway, but like I ate them before they were trendy and I'm going to eat them after they're trendy. So like I, I kind of don't give a fuck about them. It just bothers the shit out of me when people spend a lot of money. Yeah. So another, another great example of this that's been around forever and will not die is pumpkin spice. Yeah. You know, I love pumpkin pie. Like it is literally like pumpkin and pecan pie. Yeah, it's a great pie. pie. It's like a Thanksgiving staple now. Right. You cannot not have it. Yeah. Pecan pie is so good. Right. Yeah. But then, you know, like, so Starbucks, there was actually an article in the Times about this yesterday. I mean, pumpkin spice has become a way of life. Continue. Right. It's like perfume. It's soaps. It's candles. If you go into Trader Joe's, they have pumpkin everything. Right. Literally, I was in Trader Joe's yesterday, and it literally was like a whole aisle of pumpkin things. And I was like, we really need to calm down. But half the shit doesn't even have pumpkin, like real pumpkin in it. You know? Ew. So, you know, and that's. What was the New York Times thing? I cut you off. Well, the New York Times was basically like, this is something, like, this person was uh, very angry and yeah. <laughs> was like, yeah, like, this thing needs to die. Yeah. Um, which I agree with, sort of. Like, or we can just, like, keep it in our pumpkin pie and, like, you know, yeah. just eat it there. And in fun. moderation, as anyone says, it's on a diet. Right. And also, like, you know, the, the pumpkin pie spice that you, that, like, so cinnamon, clove, nutmeg, yeah. ginger, all of those things, like, they they actually do go well in certain things, but in different quantities. So you don't necessarily need like that jar of pumpkin pie spice to like put in everything. Yeah, just use cinnamon in your yeah. apple pie. And yeah, not, yeah, you know whatever. Anyway, it's also like almost like I feel that it's almost like a, a flavoring. I feel that many like flavors are just like we don't. It doesn't actually taste like the thing that it's supposed to be the flavor of. We just like have been conditioned to know that that's that flavoring. Mm-hmm. Like, does uh, something that's banana flavored ever taste like a banana? It doesn't. No. But we like know that it's banana flavored because we've been eating things, eating things our whole life. And people are like, that's banana flavored. Like are orange flavored things. Do they ever taste like a fucking orange? Not once, but you know that it's orange flavored and it's obviously also orange, orange. the color. Right. You know what I mean? Like the banana one is always yellow. yellow. Like, so it's like the lime one quote unquote is always green. Like that doesn't taste like a lime, but we in our minds are like, Oh, it's lime flavored. And if everybody else is eating it and paying like $10 for that, like stupid, you know, piece of shit, banana flavor, yeah. whatever, I'm going to do it too. Um, so Stupid, my yeah. other like this luckily has this trend is sort of waning. So it's not probably still a trend anymore, but it's the idea of it really bugs the shit out of me. And that is you take something again that has existed for ever um, since, you know, man was like killing animals and like yeah. boiling their bones and it's broth. And oh yeah, we talked about this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we're going to introduce bone broth to everyone on the planet and we're going to charge you know ten dollars for a half cup of this bone broth it's like well fyi the only way to make fucking broth is with bones so yeah to say like every broth basically every broth is a bone broth right yeah and if it's if you don't use bones it's probably not going to have a a lot of flavor so it's going to be disgusting and you're not going to want it anyway 
so it's just shit like that that it's like it's clearly it's a marketing ploy. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's it, Look to at me, all, yeah, continue. To Sorry. me, something like that is on par with saying something like a corn tortilla is gluten free. Well, right, because it's made with fucking corn. There's no yeah. gluten in it, you know. But it's like all of a sudden, it's all you know, it's yeah. healthy. Well, that became and like you can a charge tr- more. That, and- that became attractive to be gluten free. So then they're like slapping gluten free on everything because yeah, right. which like is good for people that need to not eat gluten. But yeah, but like for me and you, we're just like okay, right. And suddenly now I'm paying like a dollar more for fucking oh, corn yeah. tortillas. It's like. Whatever. Because it's an alternative rather than just like a, a staple. And then all of a sudden it becomes trendy and now we have like all these like weird variations of like roasted tomatillo, tomato, corn, sun-dried and the whatever. And yeah. it's like fuck off, you know? Yeah. It's like I want my flavor in the taco, not the tortilla. Yeah. I, mean, I actually do judge people a lot when they do like stuff like that. Whenever they're like, oh, I'm going to get this like flavored this. Anything fla- – I don't do any flavors. No. Right. Like I'm like like the, like even like if I get like a coffee at Dunkin' Donuts and they're like, Ugh. do you want like caramel flavoring? I'm like, no. Like I just want coffee. Like but what you, am I? A fucking like how old am I? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's totally. just like I'm just like no, I don't want like the Oreo cookies and cream fucking disgusting like just like liquid sugar or whatever the fuck you're putting in there. Like I want a coffee. So, you know what's really funny? So like I told you I was I had written that article about like the the cheesecake that I used to make. Yes. Okay. So I went into the archives. We have like this. Basically, it's a closet, but it, yeah. it contains all of our old issues. So I pull out like all the issues that I had actually read as a teenager, and I'm going through them. And there were certain issues and certain recipes that I was like, holy fuck, I actually legit remember making this. That is so cool. It is insane. And I remember like there are certain issues that like there's an issue with this wedding cake. It's like a white chocolate raspberry wedding cake in like June of, I don't know, 88. And I remember as, like, a little 16-year-old, like, I would stare at this cake. I'm like, I want to get married, and I want to make this cake. And I'm going to have it, yeah. Yeah, uh, whatever. Anyway. No, but but that's, like, like so cool that you can, like, go back now at your job and, like, look at that. Oh, it's insane. And so I actually did make one of the cheesecakes that I made as a teenager, um, and it'll be in the story. But one of the things that occurred to me as I was going through all this stuff, like, I mean, and just like today and the tahini and the bone broth, all that stuff, you know, they existed back then too. And so like, but I don't remember any of them. Well, and so, so like for example, so as a, as a teenager, I was one of those people that was hungry for the trends, right? Yeah. I'm living in Texas and I want to know what the New Yorkers are serving at their fancy dinner parties and whatever. And so, you know, back then they're telling you to make seafood towers you know, they like stacking was a big thing. So all the dishes were like high, you pile things up and you make like, little pyramids with shit and then you make raspberry vinaigrette and you pour it over it with kiwi and star fruit. That is so weird. It's very weird. Yeah. Or blackening, like blackening things. But I guess like the 90s was like a strange time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> blackening fish and blackening chicken. Basically, yeah. you're just burning the oh, shit yeah, out of it. Oh yeah, I guess you're right because then it's, but like we just think of that as like, we don't think of it as a trend. It's not like, New or different because like it's been around forever, but like at the time it was new. At the time it was new, and everybody yeah. started doing it, and it was like, you know, like first it started probably Paul Perdome in in New Orleans, and then yeah. it became a it was a Cajun thing where you blacken fish. Yeah. Then it became like, you know, yeah, remember that guy chicken. just died like last year. Yeah, yeah. The guy that started, I I read it on the path. Continue. Um, I get all my new, all the best news are is on the path train. <laughs> but <laughs> then, the like, TVs, like later in the '90s, like I think it was Chili's or you know Ben yeah. or one of those places like, yeah, picked yeah. it up, and I was all all of a sudden like Jack Daniels blackened chicken. Ew. Ugh, the worst. <laughs> <laughs> that's disgusting. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's how trends die. Yeah, 
it was still fun to go back and actually just like look at things. Uh, can you like bring? Can I like go in there ever, or is that like off the, limits for like the public? I'll take you come. Visit. That's like amazing. I would like literally love that so much just oh to even God. see it. I would feed you. I would take your. Yeah, own. Also, I mean, we can go up to the top. Like, oh yeah, no, I still need to do that regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. We okay. work in World, World Trade Center, so yeah. It's, yeah. Oh yeah, no, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll I'll come over whenever you want me to. Okay, um, so. What what do I want to move? I want to move on to like I'm gonna ask you. I want to know three things that like if I want to learn, like if I'm like starting out and being like, you know, like I really want to get into cooking, but I don't know where to start. I'm really not that good. Like, you know, I don't really know, and I just like usually make like a chicken breast or blah blah whatever. What are like three tips that you would give me, or like three? You don't have to give me three dishes, but like three big tips that you would say like this is where you should start. Um, I think probably the most important things, um, are your tools. Um, so I would get a good skillet. Um, and by good, I'm not saying that you need to spend a lot of money. Yeah. Um, you can get a good skillet. Like I think probably everybody has a skillet. Yeah. Um, cast iron is good. Um, it might be, you may already have one or, you know, maybe that's an upgrade. They're cheap. You can get one for 20 bucks. Um, or a stainless steel skillet, but something that's like slightly thicker than what you have right now. Cause I, th- I feel like most people have really thin shitty skillets. Yeah. And then what ends up happening is they burn shit all the time. Yes. Like it, like their food sticks to the bottom of the pan or the sides of the pan and it gets black and you can't get it off. Yeah. Um, that is not, Oh yeah. A stainless steel one is just like head and shoulders better than like the usual, like run of the mill. Like I got this in a box right. thing. And I feel like a lot of people, they think that they are bad cooks because they cook something in a shitty sk- pan or pot yeah. and it sticks and burns. And they think that that's a function of them. It's actually not. Yeah, it's no, a function yeah. of your pot or pan. Because what ends up happening, if you get cheap metal or it's thin metal, when you put it Which on the stove. hot way quicker. Well, it you get hot spots and oh. cold spots. And so where where the pan comes in contact with either the flame or the, the electric the oil. Yeah, the um, it will superheat. And so in that area, you will get burning. Yeah, so it's uneven. Right. And then in the area where it's not touching anything and it's cold, you're going to get a piece of raw meat. Yeah. So you have this combination of like raw and burnt and it's going to stick and it's going to be horrible and you're going to hate it. Whereas if you get something that's slightly thicker, whether it's cast iron or or steel, um, it will more easily... Yeah, it's the heat is distributed and things will release. I have, I still... uh, when we were done with chop, they were they were recycling out all of the old pots and pans, and then they were putting in the new ones. So I took a whole pot and pan set and was like, "Yeah, like hello." And then I gave my I had them in my apartment. I'm like never cooking because I'm like working on set for 14 hours every fucking day. So I was like, "Here, like mother, do you want these like really fucking expensive like um, pots and pans?" And she was like, "Um, yeah." And like I was like, "You can like hold them for me until I like go move into somewhere with like more storage and I cook more." So, like, they're gone forever. Like, I'm never getting them right. back. And I tried to get the one because I just wanted the one that was flat on the bottom, but, like, a like a, like a a high-walled skillet. Mm-hmm. Of course, she's like, I literally use that pan every single day. And I was like, okay, like, that's not – I don't – like, that's not what we're here, we're here about. Like, I want it because it's mine. And she literally was like, when I came home to get – like, when I came home and I was going to take it, she was, like, cooking in it already. And she's like, oh, it's, like, dirty. You can't take it. <laughs> so she gave me a different one that was, like, similar but smaller, and it was one of hers. But, like, just, like, a flat on the bottom, like, not the usual, like, shitty one that you think of like flat on the bottom stainless steel that like the walls come straight up Mm -hmm. like changes your life totally and this is me coming from like someone that has no fucking idea what he's talking about and it's still like it like upped my game like hardcore 
I think the other thing is a knife. Like, yeah, I could go and, knife. and it's the same. It's the same thing. You don't have to spend hundreds of dollars. Like I, the knives I have at work are like ridiculously expensive, yeah. but I also use them every but like, fucking as day. As you, you should have. Like, but that's, yeah, it, it is possible to get a twenty dollar knife that is ridiculously sharp. And they sell them like they're the they're the the knives that like the prep cooks use. Yeah. So the the guys that are making eleven dollars an hour, um, cook prepping all of like the the day's ingredients in these restaurants. Yeah. Are using these knives and and like do a little bit of research and like you can literally buy anything online nowadays. So it's like you right. can just it, buy these online. Go to go to um webrestaurantsupply.com and like you will find everything. Yeah. Um, but like so for now like. You know, an iron, a cast iron skillet, twenty bucks, and uh, a chef's knife, twenty bucks. Razor sharp. But I feel like cast iron's a little like that's like a little upgrade now. I mean, it, twenty bucks. Spend twenty bucks and get a nice a thick like, walled pot pan. Or, uh, yeah, I'm saying like the cast iron. Like I feel like that's another whole game. Well, I mean, some people like cast iron. Okay. Um, the the point is, get a new. Like, I skillet. feel nervous sometimes, even still using mine, and I've had it for a while. And, like, okay, I know we need what I'm to doing. like. We need yeah, to I do. That. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Um, so really get the sorry. knife, and then also okay. make sure that you're using a wooden cutting board. Like it yes. can be bamboo. Again, no, like, no plastic. Ugh, no plastic. Worst. No glass. Like I actually, someone invited me to their house to cook. And Are there glass ones? Apparently, I did not know that was a thing. But she's like, "Oh, here you go." I'm like, "Honey, I'm not it's like chic. putting my knife on that piece." Yeah, of glass. wouldn't that fuck your knife up? Like hardcore. It would fuck your knife up. Plus, I mean, what if you fucking broke it? You know. And there's like glass shards everywhere. Exactly, and also in the food that you were just shopping. So, yeah, true. You know, fuck that. Didn't think about that. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, All right. Um, I think you know, learning how to basic techniques, how to cook chicken thighs, or chicken breast. You know, like how to sear it in a skillet. And like, I mean, not to plug my own website, but I mean, you know, we have a lot of like beginner recipes on um, BA.com. And if you're not going to plug your own website, who's going to? Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But there's some really simple dishes. And the thing, the thing about it is like once you make something and you're really proud of it, like you get, you sort of start to lose the fear and you gain a little bit more experience and you're a little bit more willing to try something new. And it's pretty amazing. You can make some really, really great dinners for not a lot of money, not a lot of effort. Um, there's a, there's a, uh, one of my recipes went up today. It's a, um, a glaze, maple habanero glazed pork chop. And it's really delicious. That sounds great. It, it's, it's kind of insane because there are 10 habaneros in it. It is that's n- ridiculous. <laughs> it's mild as fuck. Why? So here's the trick. Because of the maple gl- mapleness. Of so it? the heat, which is capsaicin in pepper and chili peppers, dissolves in alcohol. Oh. So you oh, you okay. chop your pepper. You throw it in half a cup of liquor. So it can be tequila, whiskey, vodka. Strain it out after an hour, and all of a sudden you have like a mild pepper, and you have like spicy tequila to make your next margarita so it's like double duty great that sounds great yeah yeah um so it's like you know simple seared pork chops you could do it with chicken the thing like that's a really really easy technique that all of a sudden transforms and then like goes on into like right you make a pan sauce you lean on that to other things yeah you sear a chicken sear a fish sear a pork steak sear a beef steak and then make a pan sauce yeah and all of a sudden you know Eat that with some steamed vegetables or some baked, like, some roasted yeah. vegetables. All right, but yeah, but like 
at Bone App, we can like Google. Like I can Google like Bone Appetit, like basics or like something like that, and stuff will come up. Uh, there's a website called Basically. It's a BA website, and so the Basically part of our website is. Oh, I feel like I've seen it before. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like all step buys. Everything is under like takes under an hour. It's like yeah, ten ingredients or less. Like yeah, for like the more. plebs, like for me, for people like me, the plebeians, yeah, <laughs> just not like for real. you, Chris. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, but like for people that like don't, right, aren't like, oh, I can like do cook anything. Yeah. Or honestly, it's also for people that like, I, it's like a Tuesday night. I'm really fucking tired. I'm hungry, and like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to go to the store. I want to make stuff with that's in my pantry that is really, you know, yeah. Then I, I just want to make food now. So yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So so. In to recap, like a good knife, good knife doesn't have to be expensive. A good skillet doesn't have to be expensive, and then just like learn those basics. Yeah, and like that's all from just literally googling it on the internet and like totally. learning it. Yeah. Um. What are th- give me three things that you learned that could be in culinary school? This could be at ABC Kitchen. This could be at Food Network. This could be at BA. Give me three things that you learned that you would go back and tell yourself like when you were in culinary school or like um probably the biggest thing is failure is okay okay relative to food (laughs) yeah um you know i think people believe that we in the test kitchen are perfect and that we just make delicious things and and true enough there there are days and luckily, I mean, for me and probably the other guys, you know, there are a lot of days where you can knock something out of the park on the first go and it's pretty fucking amazing. And yeah. you like those days. And then there are days that each of us have um, that you're making the same fucking dish over and over again. And, you know, the first one flops and is embarrassing. It's like, oh, my God, like literally a first year culinary student could do something better than this piece of shit that like you know, I just did. Yeah. Right. And I'm like hiding it. I pull it out of the oven and I'm like I'm throwing it in the trash can and it's like melting the plastic and I don't care because I don't want anybody to see it. Yeah. Um, Sim- Like when you did the 50 breads, like there'd be times that I'd walk in and you'd be like, try this like it's not good and i would right. like and you're like try um, it and i'd be disgusting. like and i would um, be like no. um i would be like not your best like not not your best i will <laughs> not i mean i'm not gonna lie, lie to you yeah. like not yeah. your best yeah yeah thanks no but it's true and you like i feel like it's when when that when i first started working at ba that um it really bothered me and i would try and hide it and i thought it made me less of a cook um and i still to this day i don't I don't like it. I don't necessarily hide it. I mean, no one loves like whenever they fuck up. Right. Yeah. But it's it's a part of, I mean, that's why we call it a test kitchen, right? Yeah, because you're testing. It's not, right. It's not the perfection kitchen. It yeah, is no. the <laughs> testing kitchen. Um, and we we try and hit perfection. And there are certain times, like particularly in baking, where you just have to call it a day. Like I, I make fun of a friend of mine, and, and I'm guilty of the same thing, and which is why I make fun of him. Um, I call him Captain Ahab because he's always chasing his white whale. And there was a, a muffin that he made like literally every day for a month. I'm like, dude, I am so goddamn tired of this thing. Like, yeah, please like, we're cook done. something like, we're else. We're all done, yeah. Right. Um, I did the same thing with peanut butter cookies. I developed, we have this thing called BA Best Blank. And um, so it's like our, our, like, the best version of this thing. I made the BA's best spicy chicken sandwich. Was that your recipe? With the fried chicken sandwich? Fried chicken sandwich. So good. No, not my recipe, but just fucking delicious. Yeah. 
It was fucking insane. Yeah. And also they were like, um, put this in the fridge for like two days. And I was like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> I was like, what? and then they were like, or just like, don't do it. And I was like, okay, well like, yeah, I'm going to like proceed. But it was like literally like, let it soak in salt for two days. Yeah. And I was like, I bet you'd be fucking like bomb. No, if it, it was. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, continue. Um, but yeah, so I was doing a peanut butter cookie for, uh, for BA best. And I, at one point it was like, I had this weird science experiment. I had, literally seven containers of cookies like in like these like almost test tube type things yeah i had them marked like this one i had like you know a half a gram of this and this one was like <laughs> this a is amazing yeah and like, like they literally all, like a lab <laughs> yeah and i would like taste them and like this i made with natural peanut butter this i made with jiffy and this had hydrogenated yeah. oil and whatever and you know and at a certain point that people are just like you need to come yeah like we're down. done but then you also get to the point where like my struggle with that particular thing. And like I said, we, we all do this. Like you, you approach a dish with what it is in your mind. And yes. you know, I love cookies. Mm-hmm. As you can tell. Yeah. They're great. Um, and you want that crispy exterior and that chewy, almost doughy interior. Which is what those cookies were that I've been eating this whole time. Yeah. And the, the peanut, I, I was not getting, getting that. that with the peanut butter and it was driving yeah, me. Peanut butter isn't doughy. If you, especially if you put it in the oven, no, right. like it hardens. Right. Yeah. And it was pissing me off yeah. because I knew the I knew the cookies. See, the Greg, I, I know this and I don't know. Anything. <laughs> and so I figured out like a way to do it. Um, so Ooh. yeah. Um, so the way that bread is made, like really good bread, particularly in France, they're made in super hot ovens with steam. So you put your bread dough yeah. in the oven and it's injected with, with steam. And it rises. And the steam allows the, the bread, it's called uh, spring. And so the bread springs and it just like rises instantaneously. And the steam also cooks all the starch um, around it and allows that beautiful crust to form. And so when you get a really nice crunchy baguette or a crispy croissant, that is what is happening. Is you what get it the is, oven yeah. spring and then the steam the just baking like, of the like yeah. crisps up the, uh, the 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 crust. The crust. So I'm like reading about that and I'm like, can I do that with a cookie? And so I was like, I'm going to fucking try. And so I put a skillet, a dry skillet at the bottom on the the floor of the oven. Yeah. And heated the oven up. You put the cookies, you know, just in the normal rack where you would normally put them. And then you throw a cup of water into this really hot fucking skillet. And it sizzles up. And all of a sudden, the oven is full of steam. You close the door. And the same thing happened. The cookies sprung. The outside got really crispy. And the inside stayed really moist. Wow, you're really smart. (laughs) That's great. No, I'm a fat kid that loves cookies. Yeah, you were like, I love cookies. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, so also and also like Oprah, I love bread. Have you ever seen those commercials? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Best commercial ever made, ever. (laughs) Um (laughs) No, so I think, you know, it like back to your question, like, I mean, I don't know if that's three things, but like No, but you fail yeah. Failure, like you you need to fail and you need to keep going. You know, like you need to be able you need to be okay with failure because failure is going to make you do something better yeah um and for me it's also you need to like you know like i can spiral you know i can like stare at something and and never see the solution because i'm only staring at that one thing and as soon as i take a break from something and i'm like looking at everything else and thinking about bread when i'm trying to make a fucking peanut butter cookie and then it's like oh well, that worked like that there. works. Yeah. Why not try it? And everybody's like, what the fuck are you doing? You're like steaming your oven for a cookie. It's like, 
And you were like, yeah, bitch, like watch this. Right. And you know, if it didn't work, I mean, that was like number 12 that sucked. Well, and you learn something every time. They're like, oh, well, this didn't fucking work. This didn't fucking work. You know what I mean? It's like, you're like, well, no, no, no. Like you're like eliminating your options as you go. Correct. So, I mean, kind of like, I mean, that's another thing is like sky's the limit. Like, yeah, I, why not? Why not try whatever? Like just because no one's done it before doesn't mean that it's a bad idea or it's not going to work. Yeah. And it may and not like, work. And like they don't call it the perfection kitchen like you said. Bingo. Earlier. Yeah. It's a test kitchen, bitch. Yeah. Any other like quick things that you would say? Or do you think that's the biggest one? I think probably the, the last thing is do what you love. Like I find that so <laughs> few sorry, people. I'm laughing. That was. <laughs> okay, bitch. No. Why are you laughing at me? No, it's we, me and my friends have been saying that as like, a, like we turn it into a joke and like, not that it is a joke. Cause that's also funny, but like it's an inside joke with my friends. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. I haven't heard you snort in literally years. I snort on this podcast like literally every time. <laughs> oh God. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. So do what you love. I'm sorry. That was like really rude, but that was, that was really, like, really that funny. Was from the heart. All my friends are going to die at listening to that, but do what you love. I'm listening and I'm being very serious. No, you're so not. I'm, I am. But it's true though. Yeah. Like so few people do what they love. Like they complain about their lives. They complain about work. And I mean, thank God I am lucky enough to do what I absolutely love. Like I go to the kitchen and I cook and eat all day. I talk about food. I think about food. I I bring cookies for random people that I've never met before and they eat them and they're happy. You know me very (laughs) well. Are you kidding me? I'm kidding. Um, But no, I, I think it's important. And I think, you know, it's, it makes it less work-like, you know? And, and if you're going to have to do something for 30 or 40 years, you might as well do something oh, yeah. you love. Y- oh, yeah. I tell people all the time, I'm like, why would you want to do this for the rest of your fucking life? You're miserable. You hate this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it changes everything, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it's not that I didn't love what I did before. I I did it, and I did it well, and I was happy. Um, but this was a game changer, you know? Yeah. I took a passion, and and I made it into something that I could do for a living and it's probably the best thing that I've ever done. Yeah. So, so I do would, that. I would agree with that. Um, any final thoughts? That's it. I'm done. That's it. Um, where can people find you online? Uh, so BA.com. Yeah. Like I usually have like two or three recipes that go up. Every You're week. usually like right on the front page of BA.com. It's like not a big deal. I mean, like not a big yeah, deal. Like, like yeah. or the Instagram or just like or, Google you know, him and like, you can just like Google Rick Martinez BA and it'll yeah. be, and you'll just like find all these Cook videos. Cook my food and love me. Yeah. Basically. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Oh, no. thank, thank you for you. telling me all about this. Thank you for, yeah, give me that story. It was really yeah. nice. I Thanks like doing for, this. It was um, really fun. Do you want to share your Instagram in case? Sure. Do you want to have follow? Like, is that a is that a private one or is that one that like people can? No, no, no. This is like my. It's my. Yeah. You know, it's what I use for work and and all my foods up there. So it's uh, Rick underscore Mar- Andrew underscore Martinez. Got it. It's um. Instagram. Again, thank you so much. No. Thank um. You. Yeah. And yeah, go to bonappetit.com or subscribe to the magazine. I mean, all of Rick's food is really good. I've eaten a lot of it, and everything I've eaten has been pretty great. Um, so Except for my birthday brisket this year. Thanks. Okay, I didn't know it was. It's in your fucking inbox. I just told look. you that. Like, I think about the other one like all the time. You could have had twenty seven like, brisket. About it, yeah, twice as much. Oh my god. Okay, uh, that's we're gonna settle this off uh, off recording. <laughs>
Um, if you would like to be on the show, you can get, send me an email to chris at loudandcurious.com. Again, that's chris at loudandcurious.com. You can follow me anywhere at the Chris DeRosa. You can follow the show at Loud and Curious. Um, and you can learn a little bit more about the show and a little bit more about me at loudandcurious.com. Um, Rick, thank you so much. And I can't wait to go buy a better knife because mine are like not, they're like, it's, we're done, I think, with those. Yeah. And like I've sharpened them a bunch of times with the little like thing that you get on like the block. And like I think we're, it's just, we got to 86 yeah, them. Yeah, get a new one. Oh, and speaking of knives, my parents still to this day use the knife oh, block the knife that block. you gave me after like the the Thanksgiving special, and they tell everyone like whenever like anyone comes over, they're like, you know that like Bobby Flay used these knives, <laughs> and I'm like, you guys are fucking monsters. Actually, so there is one thing. I don't know if you want to record it. You may want to record it. You can decide to use it or not. Okay. Uh, you have to give me like thirty seconds to get something. What is it? okay? Yeah, it's something about. It's something that you'll really like. I've oh. had it for literally okay, years. Right. Okay, hang on. What is it? I'm like really nervous. You should. You'll love it. I Unless should. Like all of a sudden changed a significant part of your life that I didn't know about. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to tell the story. I, this, God, I mean, when were we at Food Network? It was like back then. Oh, it was like four years ago, three years ago? Yeah. It was like four, three, probably three years ago? Three or four years ago, I went upstate. I think it was around the fall, actually. So it would have been like three years ago this year. Or yeah. Four years ago this year. Or uh, this month. Um, and uh, so upstate New York, there are like all these like really beautiful small towns. And there are all these little amazing um, antique stores. And um, I had met Chris and we'd become really, really good friends. And I saw this thing and I was like, oh my God, like he will love this. And in fact, like the first time I went into Chris's apartment, I was like, this is this is like him. Um, so anyway, I already know what this is. You totally know. I what think this I is. know what it is. Oh my god, this is so nice! It's an antique camera. This is probably maybe like my twentieth one of these. I have a lot of oh, them. that particular. Wait, you bought this? No, I mean not this particular one, but oh, like oh. in general. Yeah, you yeah. bought this for me. Yeah. When? Three, I mean, like, three or four years like, ago, and you just kept it this long, and we're just like, wow, well, this is a good one. Yeah, it's like a, it's amazing. Well, thank you. You're so welcome. Wow, that's so nice. All right, well, I guess we should end there, right? I get a gift. I got a lot of gifts today. I am fucking badass. Yeah, you are a great person. <laughs> okay. Um. Wow, that's so great. Thank you. I've been. Like, I'm gonna have to, You've like, had it for literally years and just haven't given. It's like been in the same drawer. That's like, amazing. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I'll put this up and then I'll send you a picture of it awesome. whenever it's up, and I'll put it in the Instagram. Like I'll Instagram it with the episode. Um. All right, I think that's it. I mean, I plugged all my stuff and we'll just, yeah. All right, right well, bye everyone. <laughs> bye. Till next week. <laughs> bon appetit. This episode of Loud and Curious was produced by me, Krista Rosa. My cover art photo and all the photos on my website were taken by Alyssa Timoteo. Cover art graphics and photo editing by Chris Moore. The boys from Remember Jones wrote and performed my theme music. Like them on Facebook and Instagram at Remember Jones. 